I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. On today's episode, we have Brooke Shankland of Eudaimonia Studio. She's an AGF socialite who has fantastic eye for creative design that is just so eye-catching, and her use of color is amazing. So if you haven't checked her out yet, go check her out. Her link is below in the show description. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy hearing about Brooke's journey from corporate life into quilting life, and let's just get into it. Hey there, have you checked out Patreon yet? When you head over to patreon.com slash show and you pledge to the show, you get a sticker of the Not Your Granny's Quilt Show logo sent straight to your door. So head on over to patreon.com and help support the show today. Thanks. Hi, Brooke. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. How are you? Hey, Amanda. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good considering I just came off a crazy weekend, but <laughs> here we yeah, are. Yeah, it sounds like it was fun, but a lot going on. So glad you yeah. made it back. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was easy drive there, easy drive back. It's just the in-between that's like, oh, like just go time the whole time (laughs) yeah there's so much of Idaho that I want to explore it's definitely on my list even Boise that's where you are right yeah 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 I've heard so many good things and it sounds like it's exploding Mm -hmm. and yeah so I gotta get up there and and check it out so I think it's a few hours I'm in Salt Lake so it's about five hours oh five okay that's not too bad yeah we drive it I say we but like my friends and I just went at the beginning of June to Ikea because we don't have one up here and it's either Salt Lake or Portland and Salt Lake is way closer so yeah I was gonna say that's it seemed like a no-brainer but five hours still a long way to get those uh Swedish meatballs I know right (laughs) we're doing this for a dresser no it's fun together for three hours I I know I didn't buy any furniture this last time but my friends did and they were like oh and I have to build this thing I was like mm, I'm just eating my snacks like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah just getting in the car and getting it home is like just the beginning <laughs> yeah exactly it's a good time but how Salt Lake do you like it there have you been there like how long have you lived there uh we moved here about five years ago and I love it here so I grew up in Dallas and okay. then lived for about 12 years in Chicago and so just spent mo- most of my life in very flat places. Mm-hmm. Um, always just been really enamored with the mountains. Um, one of my first jobs was as a management consultant and my client was out here in Salt Lake. And so I was spending four days a week for about two years coming out here from Chicago. And I just, every time I look at the mountains, I would just be like, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so sometimes it was cool. I would like bring my husband or my now husband out here for the weekend instead of going back home to Chicago. Yeah. Like in the Salt Lake, we would, you know, go skiing or go visit one of the national parks. And I'd always kind of logged it as one of those places I might want to end up someday. Yeah. Not thinking that it would actually happen, but um, yeah, one, I mean, at some point the stars just aligned and we transferred offices with our, um, through our company and ended up here and just love it I mean we've um it's kind of interesting are you from Boise yeah region okay yeah are you pretty outdoorsy 
ish. I'm getting more like my husband. Um, he loves to mountain bike and hike and Mm. all that stuff. So I didn't really grow up that way per se, but like we camped a little bit as kids and, Mm-hmm. and all that like we're not camping people necessarily but we do like to go do stuff outside so yeah um we I just went mountain biking for the first time last week oh, and wow. my groin still hurts <laughs> yeah honestly I'm like I don't <clears throat> I always joke like I want to or not joke but like I, I'm like oh I want to I want to do more and my husband's like yeah right Cause I just like, I know that feeling and I just, is so hard to bring myself to get on that bike, knowing that like my undercarriage is going to hurt for days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought like, I have a stationary bike here and I thought mm-hmm. I'm prepared for this. Like I've really broken my body in. I'm fine. Yeah. Turns out it's way different when you're like going however fast over actual rocks and roots and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, yeah. it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm like, these gel pads do nothing. Like what is happening right now? Yeah. It's like always a joke of ours. He did it. He he'll still go mountain biking here and there. We, we used to do a lot more because our, our boys were in mountain bike into mountain biking for school. And like, mm-hmm. we had like a whole all every fall. It's like August through October mm-hmm. was just nothing, but traveling for mountain biking and, um, yeah. but yeah. Now that it's like every once in a while, my husband's like, oh my butt, I always forget how much it hurts. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's yeah. like one of those things. It's like such a cool thing to do, but also like you have to deal with this excruciating soreness. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But yeah. yeah it's, but it's just like, it's been, it's, I feel like it's a slippery slope when you move to a place like Salt Lake, where there's so many outdoor leisure activities at your mm-hmm. disposal and it's like you could go bankrupt just buying all the equipment for stuff like you know climbing skiing yeah. um you know fishing uh biking mm-hmm. all the things camping you know and then mm-hmm. like there's camp- there's car camping and then there's backpacking and you need different equipment for that oh yeah yeah anyway, we're always like let's slow our roll <laughs> let's we just take on one thing a year yeah yeah but you know Boise has lots of fun outdoorsy stuff too and I know there's tons of ski resorts around Utah and whatever, but it's nice. Like from Boise, we have Bogus Basin and it's, you know, mm-hmm. a, a little 20 to 30 minute jaunt up the hill. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, quilting <laughs> uh, <laughs> podcast. yeah, I mean, it is right, but we're, we're whole humans. We're not just quilters. So absolutely. Absolutely. I'm for it. So you said you were in marketing or sorry, you were doing management consulting. Yeah, I was a consultant. Um, Basically a a technology consultant. I did um, big, they call it ERP implementations. Um, So just big software systems that help organizations manage their financials, their human capital, their um, everything. Okay. Um, that was like, felt like, feels like a lifetime ago, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like when you change careers, you're like, wait, I used to do that. Like even as a yeah. former teacher, I'm like, oh yeah, I used to be a teacher. Like my niece called me out recently because with the, all the family being up North with us, like all the cousins, a lot of little kids and the boys especially were being so rowdy one day. And I was like telling like how 
okay, tell me what your cup looks like. And they're like mm-hmm. looking at it. Oh, mine's plain. Okay. You have the plain cup. What does your cup look like? Mine's stripey. Your cup is stripey. Okay, great. Those are your cups for the day. If you finish your drink, rinse it out, set it by the counter. That way, you know exactly where it is and you know, which cup mm-hmm. is yours. And they were like, da, da, da. and they were like, okay, yeah, totally. And then my niece looks at me and she goes, oh yeah, I forgot you used to be a teacher. And I was like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> like, Those cups you. aren't welcome here. <laughs> like, I didn't see you helping. She's like, cause I don't care what they do. I'm like, exactly. That's why I'm in charge. <laughs> anyway, ugh. I was like, wow. I the feel... teacher can leave the profession, but I know. I'm like, <laughs> she was like, I was wondering where that attitude came from. And I was like, well, watch out or you'll get it next. And she was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> it was so funny, but uh, yeah, it's, it is funny how, just how easy it is to kind of like when you're ready to switch to just switch over to something different and like yeah I mean it's like a hard mental battle at first right like at least for me it was of like letting go of that identity yeah and I think it's it's tough because obviously well I don't know about your parents but I think most of our I mean I'm a millennial mm-hmm. pretty squarely yeah. um and so my baby boomer parents and I think most of our boomer parents we're all about same company for your entire career, right? It was all about mm-hmm. employer loyalty. And, but I, I love the stories that I hear about people who are, you know, either constantly reinventing themselves or especially those folks that maybe were in a line of work until like their forties, fifties, maybe even later. And then said, I want to do something totally different. And then just completely pivoted to something that, you know, at least from as an outsider, you think, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, I love those stories. Like I find them really inspiring because I think I just, I guess I get bored. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, okay, what's next? And I am trying to like continue a common, or I, in my mind, there's a common thread through the things that I've been doing that I'm sure to other people, it just seems very erratic, but <laughs> sure. um, I don't know. I love it. And I'm like, all right, how long can I keep this going? Or just, you know, until I find something and stick with it until I'm like, all right, I feel like I've done everything that there is to be done here. What's next? Yeah. It was um, like, maybe it was shortly after we moved here. I I just had this um, kind of epiphany. It was kind of funny because I worked in this kind of purpose and fulfillment space Mm-hmm. within a company like helping our employees find a sense of meaning in the work mm-hmm. that they're doing and you you like tell yourself all along like oh yeah I'm fulfilled and then some stuff happened and then I suddenly had to just completely re-examine everything and some of that was kind of identifying these I don't know just this um like all these assumptions or kind of like this paradigm that I was taught or grew up in about like how the world works and how I'm supposed to operate within it and like what a career what a successful career looks like and what is supposed to make me happy and stuff and just completely just shattering it and yeah. shedding all that mm-hmm. shit I'm allowed to curse yeah. right on oh, please do <laughs> like it's not your granny's quote show for a reason <laughs> um just shedding all of that that didn't serve me anymore mm-hmm. And it's scary because, and like, and that stuff is deep and like, it still continues to come up and I'm like, nope, Mm -hmm. you like keep exercising it. Right. I mean, it's might be a lifetime of work (laughs) I'm realizing because yeah, we're just, 
such products of our environment. And I don't know, the things that we're taught are just so deeply ingrained and I don't know, but it's been so freeing. Yeah. So freeing. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, I hope to like, I try to kind of have these conversations with people too, and kind of like help them identify like, well, what assumptions do you have that you're operating under that maybe don't serve you? Mm-hmm. you know? Like, let's bring those up. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. And like, with my husband being in the counseling field now and all the stuff he's learning, like we've always been hard advocates for like growth and mental health and like le- learning about yourself and digging in and like, oh, that makes you uncomfortable. Why? Why does that make you uncomfortable? Like, tell us more about it. Like, <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you know, as I was quitting teaching and even like the year before that, and then in, you know, past, like the year past that too, I was doing therapy and, um, just having that available to me and that big transition of a time was like really so great. Like, I'm so grateful for it because day one I went in and I was like, I'm tired of my own bullshit. Like, I need you to help me see my patterns and I need to fix it because I'm sick of this. And she was like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) but it's crazy. Cause it's like, I know I'm doing stuff to get myself into these same situations over and over again, but to be able to like really identify it early enough to do something about it before you're like crying in the corner every day kind of thing. Like, (laughs) you know, it takes a lot of work. And just when I started realizing like, oh, I can't be a teacher right now. Like this is like literally pulling on and triggering every insecurity and every vulnerability that I have. And I can't mm-hmm. heal while I'm continually rewounding myself every day. Yeah. And so that ultimately was why I had to step away. It was just like, it was taking a toll on my physical health, not just my mental health. And like, yeah. Anyway. So yeah, it's, it's crazy when you like, and we always say like, once you see the truth of a situation or of your life, or even for other people, you like, you can't not see it. (laughs) So it's like, you can't just go back to pretending like that doesn't exist now. So it's hard when those like internal voices, you know, kind of the culture tells you don't quit, you know, tough it out. Like, you know, you got this, like stuff's hard. You got to just power through. But then on the other hand, you're like, well, why do I have to? You know? Right. And like, why is it so hard? It doesn't have to be. <laughs> yeah. And I know, like, I'm not saying everything is easy or should right. be easy, but it's just like, and everyone kind of finds their own balance. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's tough when you have those kind of conflicting, I don't know, voices. Yeah. For sure. That's how And yeah, you're like, is this how it has to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, at what, like, at what cost? Right. right. And like, what's my ultimate goal here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the question I was asking too. Like, at what cost am I putting myself through this? Like, yes, I know I got a degree in this. And I worked really hard to get myself through that degree. And I even got a master's, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I, oh, the sunk cost is like, uh, the sunk cost fallacy is real. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then it's like, but it's not worth, and my husband was like, it's not worth your, you like you're losing you and I'm losing you because you're giving everything to this thing that is just hurting you and like he's like you're a great teacher and you obviously care but it's obviously 
harming you more than it's helping and yeah so it was just a, a whole thing but it was one of those moments where it's like oh I got to practice what I preach kind of thing like mm-hmm. accepting change and accepting that things aren't going to work out maybe like I thought they would and or had hoped they would and that's okay like being okay with that and yeah. having and not seeing it as a failure too right I mean you were right you eight, spent eight years as a teacher. I mean, that's a substantial amount of time. And I'm sure you had an amazing impact in that time that you I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think of how many, I mean, I don't know how many students you taught, you know, kind of passed or like came through your class. But that's amazing. That's like 200 kids. You know, that's a lot. Pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, it was fun because my first, my first group of third graders just graduated this spring and so oh and I didn't I mean I didn't get to see all of them because obviously they all kind of went off in their own ways but my youngest stepson who just graduated as well he had um some of my first students in his class his graduating class at the school he went to and so I got to see a couple of them graduate Mm -hmm. and they were some of you know some of my little loves and I was just like oh my gosh this is crazy like I can't believe this is and like should I go back into teaching no yeah I'm like no never but also like this is like such a cool feeling to see to see them just like they've blossomed and come into their own and become these like little adults and they're so creative and passionate and just like excited to go start their future and I'm just like oh my gosh that's so cool like (laughs) it's really fun so anyway um so let's talk about quilting (laughs) um so what brought you to quilting how long have you been quilting um I haven't been quilting that long relatively speaking I think um so if I think about when it went how it really started I would go back to I think it's 2016 when my first niece was going to be born and I was, I think I had at some point saved this, it was a crochet pattern mm-hmm. for this blanket that I, I had no idea how to crochet. I didn't own any of the crochet hooks or yarn or anything, but I just knew, okay, whenever my sister has a child, which I knew um, was probably going to happen at some point, mm-hmm. um, that I'm going to make this child this blanket. And so that got me just completely obsessed with crochet. And I imagine this is true for a lot of people. Like there's some crochet for me was this gateway mm-hmm. <laughs> drug or hobby that, yeah. you know, I was always on Pinterest looking for other crochet patterns. What else can I make? Um, this is so fun. And then it just started to drip quilts into my feed for whatever reason. And I latched onto that the same way and was like I don't have a sewing machine I have no idea how to quilt but I need to make that design whatever it was um and so I think my grandmother who lives in upstate New York kind of bequeathed me her a sewing machine that she wasn't using Mm. so um I was able to get started on that and the rest is history I mean it's funny when I I I mean my my niece she got that crochet blanket which took me for freaking ever yeah um and still has it but she also got my first quilt and sometimes I see it in like pictures that my sister will post on the photo stream because now she has another little one who also got her own quilt I'm like very big on especially in our family at least the subsequent children need the same you know 
yeah <laughs> the first one got yeah um but I'm like I'm surprised that thing still holds up you know because I had no idea what the hell I was doing yeah and um anyway it's just yeah it's been this I just I think I really fell in love with there's such a it's such a dynamic process with so many different steps mm-hmm. and so it's always I think you know as I sort of said I get bored easily so it's like okay when you cut then you piece then you you know mm-hmm. paste it then you quilt it then you buy. and it's like just all these steps and then when you make something tangible you look at it and you're like I made that that's yeah. awesome yeah um so yeah there's like that funny meme um sometimes it's like I've cleaned the house and it's never clean but like I love when I make a quilt it stays made you know yeah, like exactly. no yeah yeah exactly you're like no that thing is that's done I I did that and all that effort was worth it because now I have this beautiful thing yeah Yeah. when you clean the house it's like immediately dirty again and you're like why why do I bother (laughs) yeah like it's just kind of get this is apparently it's like homeostasis so right yeah like I guess this is just how it is but yeah no I love that because it is like such a fun process to see everything come together and I too started with crochet because my grandma taught me and when mm-hmm. I got to college initially you know where I was in Montana and there's like a pretty big unhoused population there and um, so we were we kind of joined this group that was knitting and crocheting scarves and hats and stuff for for that community and um, yeah. so I was like oh I know how to do this and I did, was doing it so wrong, so wrong. And I was kind of just like fumbling my way through it as I was like relearning, reteaching myself essentially how to do it. And yeah. Um, but then once I started, I just didn't stop for a, a long time. Like, cause I mean, I was, yeah, anyway, it was a long time. And, <clears throat> but yeah, once I, my friends convinced me to make quilts, I was like, oh, I like this. This is faster. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And I think it's also like with sewing, crochet has some limits in terms of what you can make. Yeah. And I think with sewing, not that I, I mean, I'm still very much an amateur in garment sewing, but it's like anything's possible with a sewing machine and fabric, you know? Yeah. And that's my mindset. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I can sew this. I can make like, and that's, it's funny. Cause like, I used to be so terrified of sewing machines of like breaking it or not doing it right. And so I've like gained all this confidence from just like being around my mom because she has sewn her whole life and mm-hmm. she can just see something and be like, oh, I can make that. And she'll figure out how to like construct the pieces, whether it's a garment or just another a quilt <clears throat> pattern or something that looks like a, it could be a quilt pattern. She's like, I can make that into a quilt. And she'll just like sketch out and make it. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, you're like I'm witnessing genius right now yeah like no joke I'm just like okay this is crazy but being around that I think is like so great because if I'm only ever with myself I'm only experiencing my thoughts and my feelings about something and so being around somebody who isn't afraid of a machine and isn't afraid to deconstruct something to try to build it back up and and figure it out I'm like oh okay like I can do this like just being around that energy has been crucial in me being willing to experience stuff because I'm like well obviously if my mom can do it I can do it like I'm not we're 
like she's super smart and I'm super smart so we both can figure this out kind of thing and um so yeah it's just been really nice to have that other perspective too and it's nice especially for business like for our business being able to bounce ideas off each other or mm-hmm. troubleshoot with each other. Cause there's been times where I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. And she's like, I got it. We can figure this out. And she, you know, I love that attitude. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's like so great. Sometimes we, we both freak out for five minutes and then we're like, wait, we can figure this out. We can do this. Like, but yeah, just being able and also having like a fun skill to be able to like gift things to people that you've made is like really yeah really good yeah. I always say we win baby showers like <laughs> me and my friends it's not even fair it's not even fair I know I'm like just open my last when everybody's gone like don't it's <laughs> I mean I don't mean to brag or anything but my I know. Friend. I know. it was so <laughs> funny I made for my friend her last name is actually um forget what uh language it is but it means hedgehog oh and so I was like, well, of course I'm gonna make that Carolyn Friedlander hedgehog quilt mm-hmm. for her. And I was like, I hope she loses her mind. Cause I, I'm like looking at him like this thing is freaking adorable. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was so cute. And I, I made the mistake of showing it to my mom. And my mom was like, Well, my friend's son is having a baby and they love hedgehogs. And I was like, Oh like, no. <laughs> You're like, that's cool, mom. <laughs> <laughs> that's great I don't know what where you're trying to go with this yeah you're like great story that's awesome <laughs> gotta go bye yeah it's so funny just like how people just think like oh like my one friend her mom is always like can you just make this and she's like no <laughs> she's like so this person I know her friend is having and she's like I that's cool like it's just so funny yeah. I was like can't you just sew this she's like no mom I don't sew I quilt and she's like well yeah. can you make a quilt out? she's like no <laughs> let me tell you how much it costs first <laughs> yeah exactly like thankfully her mom will like buy all the materials and and stuff that she um, needs yeah. to cover so it's it's just funny how and I don't know um if you've seen that shirt around that's like yes I sew no I or like yes I quote oh, I no, I your, pants. your pants yeah I'm like oh that's so funny I'm like I always chuckle to my mom I'm like you could never have that because you will hem people's pants she's like I know it's gross because <laughs> she does like she does garment sewing and she will do like alterations for people and she does interior. She works with a couple interior designers here in town. And so she'll make like pillow covers and like seat cushions and just like all these like curtains and whatever they need. And, um, she's just like so good and so fast. Like she can whip these things out. And I'm like, I don't, what I wouldn't even know the first step of like constructing these things. And she's like making these like eight foot long window seat cushions with zippers and like, uh, zippers, uh. yeah I've I'm literally I'm gonna show this to you I literally so I was working part-time at a quilt shop for a few months and just to you know get some more experience with different things and whatever oh, yeah. and they do this thing called um Christmas schoolhouse and it's gonna yeah. look completely different this year so if you're local and go to they all know it's schoolhouse but anyway so there's like lots of make and takes that we did. And um, one of them was like, what are fun ways we can like work with um, making pouches or like working with making, um, oh, what is it? It's like this spreadable gel stuff, but it turns cloth into um, almost like oil cloth. It makes it like waterproof. 
So you can oh, buy wow. cloth that's that way, like that's mm-hmm. oil cloth. So it's like, you know, wipe offable or whatever on one side. Mm-hmm. And anyway, but um, it's called Odie coat. That's what it is. And so you just brush on any cotton fabric and it'll make it waterproof. Um, anyway, so I was like playing around with that, trying to see if it, there we could like melt crayons onto fabric and like seal it to like make fun oh, designs. And so this is, this is one of the oh, things. That's amazing. So this is actually on the outside is um, quilter's vinyl. And so okay. I just. I was gonna say that looks really shiny. You yeah. didn't just want stuff on it. No, and the stuff is pretty shiny. I don't, I have a tiny pouch with it in it, but I can't find it. I don't know what I did with it. But anyway, I had. I think I, I think I can like picture what like the texture would be. Yeah. So it is, you know, kind of smooth, but it didn't really yeah. like the crayon, like the wax of the crayon. So it was like, eh, don't use crayons, but you can do it on any fabric you want. But this is literally the first, the first zipper I have ever sewn. And you can see it, it looks like amazing. janky on this end. But I was like, panicking at my mom's house like I don't know how to sew a zipper she's like it's so easy I'm like is it Michelle is it she's like yeah actually (laughs) well then why don't you show me I'm like then you do it no and once she showed me I was like oh and then because I had that tutorial I made little pouches my niece and the twins they turned 10 this last spring and they were taking their first plane airplane ride we were all going to my brother's wedding and Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to make them like a little airplane pack, like fill it with like oh, games, that's sweet. just like snacks and just stuff that they can keep their own stuff in. And so I made them each a zippy pouch oh. to like put all their stuff in. And I was like, oh, I feel so cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Zippers are a game changer. I think I need to, I have installed a couple. Actually, yeah, I have this one here. It's like an exposed, but yeah, I'm always confused what to do on the ends. Like there's always just a bunch of thread there. Yeah, it is. I know it is awkward, but it's fine. It's like, I think it's funny too, because I think it is like a gateway. Like you get to, you know, whatever your first craft is, like obviously for us, I was crocheting. Like then it's like, oh, I can, I can sew. Like, that's fine. I can sew. You start sewing and then it's like, oh, it's like, no, I just quilt. But then it's like, oh, actually, I want to make that. So you like learn new skills just to be able to make something new for yourself. And then it's like, but I want to make that too. And then you like learn a new set of skills and totally. Yeah. I'm I'm always leveling up. Go ahead. Oh no. I was just saying always leveling up. Yeah. Yeah. Just like finding some, whether it's like a different piecing technique or, okay, let me try clothes. Let me try bags. Like, yeah, I love making totes. And then sometimes I even just play with how am I attaching the handles? Am I just sewing them straight in? Am I using rivets? Am I, I used for the first time, I actually like put jean thread in my machine. Not a good idea. Actually, (laughs) I'm not sure my machine was really um, designed to handle what I was trying to do with it. (laughs) Like do the kind of top stitching, you know, with the square and the X. Yeah. Like at the base of the handle. And it turned out fine, but I was like, "Mm, definitely doesn't look. (laughs) Profesh. <laughs> <laughs> like I could do better. <laughs> yeah, but it's handmade. It's, it's right. I know. My mom made a bag out of seatbelt straps. Like, oh, that's like cool. buy that. Like you can buy rolls of like seatbelt material. Yeah. And she got the pattern. I don't even know who it's by, so I'm so sorry, but I just don't know. And um, she was like, oh, I've got some cute fabric to line it with. Whatever. She just like whipped up this 
seatbelt bag and I was like what it's so cute and she carries it everywhere because it's like so sturdy and durable and it's a nice size to you know carry everything and and she's an ambassador for safety and yeah she's like get your seatbelts on people like come on <laughs> like get her ticket yeah exactly she's like a walking advertisement <laughs> yeah it's it's just fun and like I think too again like being around someone who isn't afraid to sew anything it's like makes it easier to try things because then I know like I know I have a resource for help like right next to me so if I'm like I want to do this she's like okay and I'm like okay how do I start you know she's like super willing to help me which is so nice but it's just been funny like exploring all that and realizing like oh and I like earlier this year promised uh promised Lonnie that I would make her BFF bag which is like she designed this really cute it's best fucking fanny is what it stands for um it's like a little fanny pack but you can like wear it over your shoulder too but it's got like a pocket for your phone it's got all these like cute zippers and and like pockets on the inside and mm. I'm like yeah I can make that and I'm like what am I thinking I want to so bad still and I have some like fabric that I've got in mind to make it but and she convinced me to make a pair of pants which I have the pattern. I have the fabric. Just really loving on your future self. <laughs> I know. I'm like future me is going to be so proud of past me, but <laughs> right now I feel scared and I don't have enough time, which is fine. <sighs> anyway, it's it's like yeah, that gateway into like just all different kinds of like. Well, if I can sew a straight line, I can sew this, or like if I can make that cool, I can make all these things. It like gives you this confidence to like. Yeah. Like oh, well, I just need this other foot, or I just need this other tool. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of fun. I think it's just like, because I was willing to like be open to trying that skill because I said no for so long to sewing or quilting. And when I finally was like, okay, fine. And loved it so much. I was like, okay, I can quit being so just stingy bitch. Like I was just like, why was I saying no? Yeah. This trend of kind of bringing quilting into also these other you know, items that you can make, you know, like it's quilted everything. Mm-hmm. I'm for it. Like the quilted coat for craze. I think I was a late, I was late on that train. Not because I was against it. I just was like too intimidated by it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm all for it. Quilted bags, quilted. I think I've seen like quilted scars, which I was like, oh, I hadn't really thought of that, but that makes Ooh. sense. Um, yeah. All in on the quilted totes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's super fun. I actually was at Cracker Barrel and saw they had this dress like it looks like a patchwork quilt out of like men's shirts, mm-hmm. but it was like red, white and blue and it was clearly for like a 4th of July situation. But I was like, I can yeah. make that. And I was like, I want this dress, but I'm going to if I ever make get anything like this, I'm going to make it. Like yeah. but it was just like little, you know, 2 inch squares and I was like, I can make that. <laughs> I know. It's actually it's it's good um it, it gives you some restraint when you're shopping because you're like, well, I don't want to buy that because I could make it. Not that I'm going to, but I, I could. could. Exactly. Yeah. So why would I buy it? Like, why would I spend fifty dollars? I'm going to spend three times as much on the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's sometimes a hurdle for me to get over. Is like, oh, I spent all this money on fabric to make this thing, but then it's like it's something it's going to be around for a long time hopefully you know especially with a quilt it's like and it gives you joy and it's probably you know if you gift it it's giving them so much joy and Mm -hmm. yeah I hope they'll become an heirloom yeah at some point hopefully but 
That's the hope. Yeah. yeah. We just, we give them away and we hope for the best, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's funny, like, um, cause I always tell if I gift a quilt to, you know, for babies or whatever, I'm like, please use this quilt. I don't care if they puke or poop on it. Like that's what it's mm-hmm. for. You know, it's cotton, it's washable, like just love yeah. it and use it like those stains and those, like that's memories of that you, you know, of life of, of growing right. up and yeah. I'd rather see that. I'd rather see that quilt be so well used that it's like yeah. starting yep. to come apart than see it tucked away and like, and never see the light of day. Yeah. Like, I don't want, I want them. I want it used. I want it abused. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like well loved. to the max. Yeah. So it was funny. Cause I did, I think I made, even made a post about it in my Instagram, like in the fall or something, but um, I had made my friend of just like a patchwork quilt out of different Ruby star fabrics for her baby. And, um, and they did, they used it for tummy time all the time. And cause she loved the, wow. those, the octopus fabric, the print, um, oh, yeah. Ruby That's star. Great. And I used the fuchsia one and, and she just would love to stare at the octopus and like, she would like kind of pick at that little creature yeah and I was like oh that makes me so happy so I was like thank you for using her quilt like it makes me so happy and I like made it pretty big so that she could grow into it and keep you know use it for a long time through her childhood and not huge but you know enough that she can use it as an eight-year-old and still snuggle in it and um so anyway I was just like I love seeing that because I'm like oh thank you that makes me so happy like that's what I want yeah yeah (laughs) get your jewel on it, pee on it, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So okay. it's just, and then I was like guilty of doing that. My mom had made me a quilt for graduating with my master's and she put white minky on the back and like the background fabric is white. And I was like, why did you do that? Now I can't use it. I'm so scared of getting it dirty. And as I'm like preaching to people, like use the quilt, use the quilt. I still had this yeah. quilt stashed and I was like, mm, okay. I'll, and so now it lives in the living room, but <laughs> Yeah, I do say, I will say I, when I'm, especially for a baby quilt, but all quilts, I mean, I hate putting a light colored backing on it. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know, I hope that people will take it out to like picnics or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and like, they'll probably get grass stains on the bottom or just like get walked on or, you know, yeah, uh, which yeah. is probably true of the top too. So when I like to use white as well, so maybe I'm being hypocritical, but anyway, yeah. No, I think backings get a lot more in my opinion, I think they get beat up a lot more because they're like, yeah. that's the side that's like on your body or, you know, it's like or on the grass, yeah, yeah, on the grass or the ground. And so I don't know. I Minky thankfully doesn't really hold stains. And so it cleans really yeah. easily. And just that's why so I love to put it on. The, it's, I know we put on like so many quilts. I think I maybe have two or three that don't have it, but every single other one of my quilts has it. Cause I, I love it. <laughs> Like we sell it because we just want to have it all the time. Yeah. So we're like, oh, we'll just sell it. Then we can get our hands on whatever colors we want, whenever we want. And so benefit to um, our customers too. They can buy me. Mm -hmm. It's great. But so how quickly, I guess, like from when you started quilting, did it take you to start making your own patterns? You know, I, it might've been, um, a couple years I mean I do think from the beginning I was like I love kind of problem solving and doing the math and mm-hmm. like the geometry of it um so I think even from the beginning I was always trying to like 
like, oh, I want to create that design. Let me figure out like the shapes and what sizes they were. I want to size that down or size it up. Um, but I think it was so in 2016. So then a couple of years later, we moved here and we moved from like a small one bedroom apartment in Chicago to a house here. And so there was just a lot more space to kind of fill. And I remember thinking like I was buying stuff to just fill to cover the wall, to put on the shelf. And right. at some point I was like, these things don't mean anything to me. Why am I buying all this crap from Hobby Lobby? Right. <laughs> but like, right. I just wasn't, I was like, why am I buying these random jars or like candlesticks or something? Yeah. Um, like I would rather have something that kind of like reflects me and my husband. I don't know, things that are interesting to us. And so I think that, that kind of put, some interest in me to create my own designs and um I don't know how much you or people like kind of know about my background but I like studied philosophy in college it was one of my majors mm. um I have always just like thought really that deeply about these big <laughs> questions of life and yeah um you know why are we here like what does it mean to live well and like I don't know yeah be happy and um, make a difference and connect with people. And so I just kind of sought to create these designs that represented and would serve as a reminder to us, you know, so long as we're in our home, like, oh, like, forgot about that concept. Like, that's good to keep in mind. Um, and so that was kind of, that definitely fed into my kind of my start in designing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, yeah, once I started going down that rabbit hole, I yeah, I was lost forever. <laughs> You're like, I'm still in here today. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm just deeper and yeah, there's no more light anymore. Um <laughs> it's gone. I'm just here for good. But yeah. uh yeah, it's just it's so fun. I and I never I, I sometimes I kind of in shock that I'm or like that I do this or that like people are interested in many of my designs because I don't have I, I mean I was always sort of creative growing up but not not anything I would say was like out of the ordinary per se mm-hmm. and I certainly don't have any kind of artistic or creative training mm-hmm. uh, not formally and so you know um I'm like yeah this is just you know a girl playing around with shapes and then figuring out how to sew them together <laughs> yeah um but it's like it's pretty dang cool um and I love it and there's just I'm sure this is true well I know it's like I call it the quilter's dilemma just too many projects mm-hmm. too little time and um I'm sure this is true of designers too there's just like too many ideas rolling around they're on the back burner and there's just not enough time to create them all and so yeah uh, yeah it's just like all right which ones are most significant but also balancing like which ones do I think people are going to like like mm-hmm. that's kind of an interesting, um, I don't know, just like concept uh, balance. It's like, how do you stay true to your muse mm-hmm. and like what speaks to you and inspires you, but like also what's going to allow you to stay in business? <laughs> right. You know? Right. Yeah. It's like you want to create for yourself and what feels good to you, but then you also want to make sure that people are going to like it because if they don't like it and it doesn't sell, then like, okay well that's business but yeah I'm listening to this um I don't know who Rick Rubin is Mm -hmm. he's a 
Have you listened or read his book? I haven't read his book, but I did hear him. Um, I'm obsessed with the armchair expert podcast, um, with Dax Shepard and Monica Padman and they interviewed him. Um, his episode was earlier this year, but yeah, I listened to that and I was like, I had known who he was, but listening to him speak to them, I was just like, holy crap, this guy is crazy good. Like I, it was just yeah. interesting. So anyway. Yeah, no. So I, I mean, I, he also, I think was doing the rounds to promote his book on all the podcasts that I listened to. And I was like, I gotta listen this book. sounds amazing. And I think, it, you know, it's all about how to just really honor the creativity inside of you. And yeah, um, his philosophy is the you know whoever your end user is of what you're creating they come last yeah it's the integrity to like your sense of creativity what inspires you that's going to then make it attractive to you know the people that would use um mm-hmm. you know or appreciate what you're creating yeah. um that's just an interesting perspective mm-hmm. that um and I'm always you know, he's obviously in the music industry, but I, for like the last couple of years, have been trying to draw more and more parallels between like songwriting mm-hmm. and quilting. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe create like, you know, coming up with uh, connections that don't really exist, but um, I'm just like, oh, collaborations. And it's like, oh, do you come up with like this aspect first or this aspect first? And like mm-hmm. the process for, um, you know, even the ideation phase and things like that. Anyway. No. Awesome to be using. Sorry, I have a penchant for tangents. If you didn't know. Well, I me too. So I'm here for it. I I love hearing all the things. So no, I think that's like so cool though, because I think it doesn't have to stand like the creative process for each for different disciplines, they don't have to stand alone. So if you're drawing parallels to songwriting, then do it. Like they're there. If you can see it, then they exist. It doesn't mean it's like just because maybe you haven't heard it in the mainstream or you know, somebody else hasn't like brought it to the forefront of the zeitgeist. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And I think that's what I love about humans is that there's infinite possibilities out there for connections and just seeing and doing things differently. And even it, you know, it's like, you might feel like you're doing something the same as someone else, but every little minute change that you make, or, you know, you might even set something in a different spot one day than you did the day before. And that sets your whole trajectory in a different lane. Like you just don't know what's going to come of all of it. And, and so I think like you're saying, there's like so many, so many projects, like too many projects, too little time and same with ideas. Like there's so many ideas out there. And I think some people are worried like, oh, the market is saturated with pattern designers. I'm like, no, it's not unless there was no more ideas for quilting patterns because they've all been done, there's, it's not saturated. There are so many more ways that we can pull, you know, nature and shape and color and all this stuff into quilting. And the fact that there's more people out there feeling inspired to do it just means that there's that many more ideas out there happening. Like there's, there's space for all of it. And, and, you know, I think the more we kind of let go of those boomer ideas of like, you stay in the one lane your whole life and you retire and then you, and then you go have fun. It's like, no, we're, I think for millennials, we've really been like, you know what, fuck that. We're going to do what we want. We're going to do it how we want and the way we want, you know, with who we want. And you can't say anything to me. (laughs) Yeah. And, and so I think that concept in and of itself has led to this idea that like, 
the more small businesses and the more people that are encouraged to create their own business and to run it the way that they want to run it. It just like helps us fight this like machine that seems like it's against humans' best interest. Yeah. And in this way, it puts it into our hands and lets us make what we want to make and lets us build what we want to build. I'm sure there's some rules around it because government, but like, (laughs) but we still have a lot of freedom within that. And I think that's so, it's so cool to me to see like more women coming forward and being like, no, I have something to say. Like I have ideas. Like, it's like, Mm -hmm. I mean, when I tell you I've seen Barbie three times already, like I cry every time. I laugh every time. (laughs) Oh my God. It's so good. And I know it's not for everybody, but I just think, I just think there's, there is that message in there that like, you can blame outside sources for your problems, but until you dig in deep and try to understand yourself and like, try to understand how to move past those things, like you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. Even if patriarchy and horses get in your way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you'll see in the movie. It is the thing. Um, Oh, okay. Um, and you'll be like, Oh, Amanda said that. That's funny. I'm not funny. It's, I steal it from other people. Um, (laughs) anyway, everything is borrowed. All inspiration is borrowed from somewhere, right? Exactly. It's like, what is inspiration, but getting something from somebody else. Um, but yeah, it's, I just love that concept that like, if the corporate world or like fitting into a box of a career doesn't work for you, that you can create your own stuff like you can create your own business and it doesn't have to be handmade it just that Mm -hmm. is one avenue of this of this you know idea that you can make your own path that a lot of people seem to be taking on and and hopefully it comes around more to like I think pricing has been an issue especially because handmade shops are mostly women-run and we have a really hard time asking for what we're worth and yeah expecting our value from other people and um so I don't know if you've struggled with that but it definitely has been tricky trying to like find a a happy medium of like not overpricing stuff just because we're like we know this is worth so much money but also being like realistic and like okay what can be affordable for some people we know it's not for all people but I think niching in and knowing your audience like you were saying of like who cares about the end product? Like, what do you want to offer? What do you, what do you see coming out of, you know, your process and like focusing on that? Cause I think your signature is what people want. It's not, people think yeah. they want things until, until they don't realize what they don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. this whole thing, but yeah. anyway. And the more you niche yourself, you know, the more valuable you are going to be to those people who are attracted to what you're putting out there. And so, yeah, pricing is tough because, yeah, you do want to be inclusive and make it accessible to people. And it's easy to just, you know, I'm definitely guilty of this kind of anchoring to, okay, well, what are other people asking for their patterns? Um, And then also it's like, well, because there's also, there's, there's cost-based pricing like okay well what do I need to like recoup my costs and then get the margin that I want Mm -hmm. versus value-based pricing like well what it what 
is somebody willing to pay for this? Which obviously varies, but it's like, right. okay, who, you know, depending among your audience, you know, what's that kind of sweet spot? Um, you know, it's not going to price everyone out, but it, you know, also, and I think in kind of other realms, I've learned about how, I mean, not that, well, we do as designers sometimes give away patterns for free, but there's, even if you charge, like what you charge is also, that feeds into the, like what someone perceives is the value of what you're offering too. Right. So yeah. they assume that you price it at what, at its real value. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if it's like $2, I'd be like, well, this must be a $2 pattern, right? It must not, yeah. you know, whatever that means to somebody. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it's like this whole kind of, mind fuck to be honest like yeah it really is it's hard because it's like you know and sometimes we'll whip up quilts just because we have scraps and we're like oh we can make a really cute baby quilt out of this leftovers we don't want to just like hold on to the scraps for nothing you know and mm -hmm. so and then I'm like oh and you know on our the sweet pea Instagram I've been every Tuesday hopefully remembering to like post a quilt on our stories that we're willing to sell and we're discounting them. Like I try to make sure to let people know like they're discounted because we would like to sell them and we would like them to go to new homes that, so they're not like just sitting around in our studio and mm -hmm. you know, it's good, high quality quilting fabric. You know, it's not just like random, yeah. it's not junk quilts. They've, it's like come from good high quality fabric and all that, but mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, how do we price this so that it'll sell, but also so that we don't feel like we're just like giving giving it away in a sense of like we put time into it so it's not it's not just like free fabric you know it's not just like no I took the time to make this little design and put it together and quilt it and find it and like so it's it's just been tricky but it's, yeah it's fun and I'm really hoping somebody wants to buy something soon because <laughs> they're just hanging out I'm like come buy it please um, <laughs> Promo. Yeah. So you just recently had a pattern come out. I so did. I yeah. It's called Wayfinder. Yeah. I saw, I was seeing your posts about it. I was like, holy crap, this thing is gorgeous. It's like so out of my wheelhouse. I think it's, it would be intimidating to me, but it's gorgeous. And like, it's like, it's definitely beginner friendly. I promise. Yeah. And as I look more at it, I'm like, oh, okay. I can kind of see like the thinking in it and I'm like okay that's probably not as hard as my brain was like <laughs> yeah it, like all together it looks complex but it's actually one block nine or at least for the throw size nine yeah. times and sometimes they're depending on which I have this problem with wanting to include too many different variations and options mm. in my patterns because <laughs> yeah. I'm always like twisting things and I'm like oh but they could do this or they could do this and then I'm like do I have samples of all these different variations right um but there's one where you, there's one version where you just rotate. I haven't created this one. Mm -hmm. I call it the Starburst version, but you just rotate the block. The standard one that you've seen that looks kind of like mid-mod uh -huh. style is just, it's the same block reflected. Okay. Um, okay. With one another. And so, yeah, that one is, um, I really love this one for, well, I love the look, like it's, it's different, mm -hmm. but also like the significance behind it. Cause all my designs have, like I mentioned my obsession with like philosophy and mindfulness and <laughs> imbuing my designs with some of these concepts. 
Yeah. This one in particular um, kind of came from this idea that like we always think, oh, when I reach that place or when I achieve that, I'll be happy. You know, right. and you think there's this place, this destination that you're going to arrive at and like that's happiness and, you know, your life is complete or whatever. And I had this realization it first came to me, I was reading Siddhartha, mm. which now I've vowed to read it every year because I'm like, well, it's short and it just has so many good nuggets in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the characters says, um, it's quoted in the pattern. Uh, I hope I don't put it, but it's like, it's the same with me as it is with you, my friend. I'm not going anywhere. I'm always on the way. Mm. And like this, I was like, yes, we're always on our way. Yeah. Like we're never gonna get there. Right. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. Um, and so the kind of that like fun design of like the dots, which it's funny, I've gotten comments like, oh, it looks like Pac-Man. Got the, it looks mid-mod, it looks um art deco, it looks like the Jetsons. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm like, I love that. Whatever it is to you, great. Yeah. Um, the Pac-Man one got me. I thought that was funny. Yes. That is funny. I can see that, but also like, that's silly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I should work a little dude in there, you know, yeah. working away at the dots with the little ghost. I should just applique that on there. That would be so funny. Um, but yeah, like this, and it's something I try to keep in mind because I think we just get so sucked in to, you know, and like kind of create this misery for ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm not saying like there aren't hard times that we have to push through. Um, but I don't know, just like taking a moment and saying, no, like the present is like to sound, you know, sound trite, like the present is all we have. Yep. Like let's enjoy this. And there are things that we can, you know, hopefully appreciate and find joy in along the way. So um mm-hmm. this is like just, I don't know, something I really all my the significance between all my designs is something that I myself like have to continue to learn and relearn. Yeah. Like this one for whatever reason is like just a tough one that I have to keep learning. And it's just, but like when I do have those moments of kind of, Oh yeah. Where I do kind of recognize, Oh yeah, that is the Mm -hmm. truth. um, Or the reality. It's like, I don't know. I just kind of exhale. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, I didn't so, realize I was holding on to that so much. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, I've experienced that too, where it's like, like I recognize a, a pattern in myself and it's like, oh my gosh, I got my, I was in this weird situation for so long. And then, you know, another, it took, took me a while to recognize that it had happened again. And then, the, but the yeah. next time it happened again, it was like a shorter period of time that I recognized it. So it's like, progress yeah right like I can beat myself up about the fact that I got into those patterns but I also but I also can step back and go oh you know what I I was able to recognize it so much sooner Mm -hmm. and do something about it than stay stuck like I used to and so just finding that gratitude for that and being able to like know that yeah okay I'm still I'm still on my way I'm still making my Mm -hmm. way through this and and I think to that realization, like when it washes over you, it's like crazy how our bodies react sometimes. Cause like there's sometimes where it's like, I take that exhale and I'm like, Oh, okay. Thank goodness. Like now I can, 
do X, Y, Z to deal with this situation. And sometimes like, it's like a fountain of tears. You can't turn it off. It just comes out. It's like your body has to release it. However way it's like, yeah, it's just so funny. The different, the different ways that it gets released. And it's like, Oh man, I must've been holding on to that one, like deeper than yeah. this other one. You know, it's like, yeah, kind of like, Ooh, that, was, that one was down there. Yeah. Like I can feel that one in my toes. Like what is happening? But yeah, that's, but I love that you're like bringing those concepts and like putting them into your quilts. Cause I think like people are going to make what they want from it, but at least to you, every time you see it out there in the wild, it's like, you get to see that yeah. little spark of that out there and totally. in other people's Yeah. Lives. It just, it's just like these little reminders for me. And sometimes I don't know how many people just kind of think my designs look cool versus actually, you know, it is really, it's, it's really lovely when any, anyone says, you know, or compliments me on my design, like, oh, your design is so modern. They're so different. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what is like, so what puts me completely over the moon is when people are like, I really needed to hear that. Mm. And like, you know, they were probably going through something in their life that like that they just needed to hear that message at that particular time and I'm like man this is exactly why I do this like that's awesome you know and like that's what I hope to achieve with each design is like yeah if you just like it for what it looks like awesome you know I create them because I think they look cool too yeah um I hope that also like as an additional benefit people get a new perspective and mm-hmm. not that any of things, these things that I'm like putting out there are, you know, like just ironclad truth. Like you have to live by this, but, right. but I hope it like just provides a new angle for people yeah. to you know, just be like, huh? Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Like, Oh, maybe that'll help me when I'm in this like situation. If I think about that way of putting it or, you know, or thinking about it. Yeah. It's so. just something to consider. And you never know, like, like you said, sometimes it's just like, oh, that's so cool. And sometimes it's like, no, this, I needed this, like, and you just mm-hmm. never know when that's going to be. But I think at least for, for me in instances where like, we've been able to provide something for someone, you know, it's like, especially when we're making memory quilts, like people sending mm-hmm. their loved ones clothing to us and we're creating something for them to hang on to, like, we don't always get we don't always get responses back like once we send those quilts out we just never know like are we gonna get feedback or are you know because we it's like crazy how few people reach back out and say oh my gosh I got it thank you so much I love it it's like sometimes it's just crickets we hear nothing and I'm like oh my god we've worked so hard on that we it's better than a bad review but it's like I'd also just like to know that they got it kind of thing but anyway yeah so when you, they yeah like, you start to like make assumptions like yeah. or question did they like it when re- in reality because sometimes I think this if I get something and I didn't you know maybe I failed to reach back out to someone to let them know I'm like yeah they probably think I'm not happy with this but like I'm enthralled so this is yeah. me right and so I'm like okay I just have to instead of going down the dark path you know I'm like okay maybe they just love it so much they're just so happy with it they just are like done you know <laughs> and I'm like that's I'm just assuming that instead of the worst. And so then when people do reach back out and they're like, I'm sobbing, like, I can't express to you how much this means to me. Like you just completely changed my outlook. It's like, 
whatever it is, it's just like, okay, this is, this is why, this is why we're doing this because yes, sometimes people just want a pretty quilt because it looks good in their home or whatever. And they don't sew and they just want it made. And that's fine. Like, I'm, that's why we're here. That's what we're doing this for. But in those moments when, when it is more meaningful for the person and it, it does bring them a sense of closure or just some peace of mind or whatever it is, it's like, okay, yes. Like this is, this is the why, like, this is why we're doing this to, to help give people something that they can't give themselves. And so, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. And you have to like return to that too, when you get into the, you know, especially when I get into just like all the administrative, you know, just mm-hmm. minutia or whatever. And you're like, oh, why am I doing this? Like, right. am I just, I don't know, is this important? And then, yeah, I think back to something someone said, or I just kind of realized that why behind everything. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why. All right. Keep at it. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of it like renews your, at least for me, like it, it just renews my like desire to keep going. And not that mm-hmm. I'm like thinking of quitting or stopping or anything, but I think there's some times where I'm just like, maybe we've had a, a run-in with a few customers who weren't so pleasant and, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's, it's like, mm-hmm. everybody's on their own path. They have their own perspectives of of the interaction and so it just is what it is but that can be really hard and so then when you get the ones that are shiny it's like oh thank you (laughs) yeah oh yeah because I feel like you need 20 shining ones for every one even remotely bad one (laughs) yeah I know it's even our our psychology to Mm -hmm. you know hone in on the negative and stuff you know for kind of threat purposes I think evolutionarily but it's I see that in myself because I, you know, yeah, every so often I have, and maybe it's not even that negative of an exchange, but sometimes people's tone through email comes off as very unpleasant. And I think also people don't always appreciate that, um, or I don't know what assumptions they make about like who's on the other side of the computer or that like maybe we have teams of people who, you know, are able to respond. And so like they want stuff immediately. And I'm like, you know, it's just me, right? like just me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that is, that can be like, there's such a wide range of, of the way businesses are run in the quilting community that, yeah, it's like, you do run into like one man show versus, you know, a team of people putting stuff together for someone and you just never know what that looks like. And so just making that assumption and being like, well, why, why don't you have this to me faster? I'm like, cause I'm just a girl making you a quilt. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's like stuff happens. Like it's just. Yeah. Cue Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. It's. And obviously it's, you know, it's not everybody, but it's just kind of funny to me, just like how like experiencing the different ways people interact and I'm like what happened to you like why are you like this yeah like tell me your back like do you need someone do you need a hug right that's something my husband says all the time like you need a hug oh yeah it's like I always need a hug but I think that person needs one more like 
Yeah. But it's like, you got to say, okay, I'm not, I'm going to stop this cycle right here. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's this, something happened to this person that caused them to right. act this way, you know, whether that be a habitual thing or uh, maybe in the moment, but right. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I love, I'm like so grateful that I have the ability to think that way now, because for all the years I worked in retail, putting myself through college, whatever, like Mm-hmm. I encountered some of the nastiest people oh and I used to get so upset by it. And now it's like, I can, I have the ability to take a breath, take a step back and go, okay, this isn't about me. Like there's mm-hmm. clearly something else behind all of this that is, you know, feeding into their mind as we're communicating they're thinking a certain way but that's not how you know it's like okay mm-hmm. and then I go back and look at like my messaging am I staying like true to myself and like yeah being clear and concise but also having a boundary of like no I'm not gonna like refund you a hundred percent of your money because you've decided all of a sudden that you know it's like there's that not that that's the case or anything but just throwing it out there of like there's like I have to have certain boundaries for me knowing the work that I put into something and and we keep the lines of communication really open on purpose just because it can get kind of hairy when especially when you're dealing with making custom quotes for people (laughs) like yeah you have to know exactly what they want and you have to know they have to know what our capabilities are and if they won't know unless we tell them and so it's just that kind of back and forth of being willing to communicate and not just make assumptions on our end, especially because it's like, well, I would assume that they would want this. Well, the times that that I've defaulted to that are the times where I've had unhappy, not always, but mm-hmm. had some unhappy clients. And it's like, oh, that's my fault because I didn't ask and I just assumed. And yeah, I, you know, then it's like, okay, I do have to rectify that. But anyway. (laughs) No, it's tough. Uh, Yeah. Cause I imagine I sometimes like, I don't want to reach out to people because I feel like I'm bothering them. So I'm like, well, if I were them, what would I want? And then it's like, oh, that was not correct. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, it's like a societal thing for women to be meek and sit back and assume that we're bothering people by speaking up. And And I think to run a business, you have to be willing to step up and say, no, I have a question or like, I need to talk to this person. Like I'm not bothering anybody. Like this is business. Yeah. And And I'm doing my job. And I think, yeah, maybe some of it for me, like it maybe is rooted in fearing that I will look like, I don't know, like I don't have the competence that I wish that I could like um, project. And I mean, that's all like, I've had confidence issues since the day I was born like I some of the very kind of quintessential female um I don't know qualities I feel like I embody and like not in the best way actively working on them yeah um certainly like the people pleasing Mm -hmm. the confidence the yeah the meekness like undervaluing yourself all of that um yeah it's tough tough world out there yeah it really is but I think I always say this to my husband because, you know, we've, like I was telling you, we've had like so many career changes in school and this and that and the boys and like, there just has been a lot of things going on in our lives. But whenever things seem to like 
we feel like we're fighting uphill and things are really hard, we'll just stop and go, okay, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing wrong? Because when, when we're staying true to ourselves and we're doing things in the most loving way possible and being honest and kind, things seem to just like work. It's work. Like we still have to work at it. Right. It's not just like you were saying, it's not just easy. It's Mm -hmm. simple, but it's not easy. (laughs) Um, Things seem to smooth out, but when we're fighting it, when we're fighting what path our path, I'm like, okay, something's not right. This feels too hard. Like there's unnecessarily emotional stuff happening. There's unnecessary, just like problems that keep popping up. Mm -hmm. But then every time when we take a step back and we kind of renew our focus and shift things a little bit, then it's like, oh, then they start moving forward again. And it's like, so I feel like with, especially with our maker businesses, like the more we stay true to ourselves and be honest and kind and loving Mm -hmm. and keep that in your thoughts when you're communicating with people and, and, you know, in whatever you do to operate your business, like, I feel like things go smoothly, you know, and that's just my experience. So I can only speak for myself, but it just, it does seem that way when I'm like in my head, like letting my own trauma, my own baggage, like speak for me, then that's when problems crop up. But when I take a step back and I think, no, I know how to deal with this. Like, okay, this, if I'm more, I need, just need to be more loving to this person and like, let them feel heard and understood. And then it's like smooths itself out, right? Because it's like yeah. nobody wants to fight, really. It's no, just a lot of times a just, coping mechanism. So it's like, yeah, how do I show this person I'm not a threat <laughs> without <laughs> being a doormat? Like, yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, and I sometimes I wish. Well, I know it sounds like you and I have no doubt you've encountered some um, unpleasant people in retail, mm-hmm. like in person, right? Yes. Who working? Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes even I just like so much of this, I think would be eliminated if we just kind of communicated as if we were talking in person, right? And, you know, like sometimes emails or like Instagram comments or messages. Sometimes I'm like, would you say that to my face? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, would you, would you be talking to me this way? If you were standing in front of me at a store and I was yeah. trying to help you, like, would you, is that what you would say to me? And it's like, probably not. So, and and I think that's a good, a good tool. Cause I think sometimes I'll start to get like super formal or like the way I'll say things. I'm like, I would never talk like that. So I'll like delete it and then say it in a way that I would say it. And I feel like yeah. that makes things more personal too. And I think it helps bring like people's guard down. Cause they're not like facing this like robotics facade of business yeah. person, like, you know, or business owner, they're, they're talking to a person. And so yeah, I know. Sometimes clear, I mean, I've never gotten anything super nasty, no, but sometimes either. just the way people phrase it, I'm like, Excuse um, you. you know, maybe <laughs> like I have to give them a benefit of doubt. Like maybe they're, you know, I think a lot of people are just like on their phone, shooting off emails, mm-hmm. you, know, or, you know, on their way to something in between meetings or whatever. But yeah, um, I mean, yeah. whatever. This just speaks to like the broader culture, I think, around and yeah, hundred um, percent. My dislike for texting, especially. I mean people don't text me for business stuff, but, um, yeah, Yeah. technological communication is, um, not my strong suit or the written. Yeah. Especially over the phone. Um, I try to set up, uh, well, through business stuff, I try to be really responsive, but Mm -hmm. I think my friends all know, like, 
just call Brooke. <laughs> she sucks at text. It might sit there in her messages yeah. for a couple days. So if it's something that needs, you know, relatively immediate attention. Just just call her. <laughs> just call her. Um, so, so yeah. I don't know. Being a business owner, it's, it's fun. It's like so many, un- so many things like you obviously don't, you can't anticipate yeah and some of it's like that's fun yeah um just also so multifaceted you know like you think oh I think so many entrepreneurs they think okay I'm I'm really good at this or I'm really passionate about this I'm gonna start a business around that awesome yeah and then you don't realize you've got that's just like now a fraction of what like how you're gonna spend your time (laughs) right yeah yeah it's it's crazy like yeah how much like if you broke down the time it's like you spend actually very little time in the creative space comparatively Mm -hmm. it's like oh and then you have to do this and you have to do this like all the logistical and administrative kind of tasks of sitting in front of the computer and you're like oh I just want to be sewing right now yeah yeah exactly like I just I don't want to be playing around in Adobe Illustrator you know creating mock-ups and it's like no I need to like create this plan or I need you know to Mm -hmm. manage these things and yeah yeah um well it's hard too because it's like yeah I could hire somebody but I'm also not making you know we're not making enough to really Mm -hmm. justify paying somebody to do something I can do myself but also it's like yeah it's like a weird stage of like I'm not yeah it's like hiring somebody could free up my time but then that's maybe like an hour a week if I really broke it down you know it's like it just feels sometimes it feels like more time than it is because it's taking you away from the thing you want to do <laughs> so right yeah and sometimes I think like do I what do I want do I do I want this to like blow up into some you know and then have like have this awesome big team or you know get to a yeah. place where I could have that I mean yeah having the option to have that's awesome and then sometimes you just grow beyond what you're capable of managing but yeah I don't know it's I think I don't know. I, I hypothesize there's like this sweet spot where I'm like, can I make it just like, can I get to a place where it's me? And like, I have the option to have someone help me with the stuff that I don't love to do so that I can spend my, more of my time doing the things that I enjoy and feel like I bring value to, you know, but, um, I don't know. Hopefully we'll get there someday, but who knows? We never arrive. And so I've got to just enjoy it now. Yeah. Right. It's like, whatever comes after this will be cool and but I'm gonna enjoy the journey through this thing and see it through and see what happens from it and you know I'm 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 enjoying myself right now so I think until I start hating it it's like I'm gonna just keep keep on this path and keep working because it's like we keep getting cool opportunities and we keep getting more orders and finding new ways to kind of boost our boost our clientele without like putting ourselves into such a scramble that we can't keep up kind of thing but you know still keeping our limits of like okay it's just two of us like we have to figure out how to make it work with just two of us and like um so that's been interesting but it's been great because it's like okay we found I think we found our flow pretty well and it's like we can crank out a lot of quilts in a week if we're really you know yeah really stay on on top of it but anyway it's it's just interesting how it all shakes out so yeah 
Well, I so admire you, Long Armors. There's just those machines seem so intimidating to me that I mean, they seem amazing. And of course, yeah. I would like love to, you know, if I were to ever have the opportunity to own one, that would be just incredible. But um, in the meantime, I love sending them off to <laughs> Long Armors and like. Right don't have to think about all the work that they had to do to load it. And, you know, I, I don't even know all the steps, yeah. but um. yeah, it's a lot, but I mean, you know, we just learned at our local quilt shop, how to do like, how to do it free motion, but then also how to like follow the paper pantographs, which are, you're on the back mm-hmm. side of the machine. You're following like a laser light. It's crazy. But right, yeah. when we were buying our own, we were like, we definitely want the computer system because we want to be able to maximize our time as far as like not having to be standing over the machine the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that some people really love that and they enjoy that and that's how they, that's how they do it. And there's, you know, beautiful work that comes from that. And so I think, you know, do what makes you happy. But for us, it was like, if we're going to do this as a business, like we need to be able to maximize it and make sure it's perfect every time because you know when mm-hmm. you're doing it by hand it's every you know you're follow you're tracing a pattern but also like it's gonna have wobbles here and there and intricacies mm-hmm. of like following certain things that some people are so good at it and you can't tell and I'm just like good for you but that is not my jam <laughs> like oh yeah oh yeah some people I'm like mine would have you know be yeah. <laughs> like I would have be shaking the whole time um yeah yeah, I'm yeah. it's crazy and like then I was you know that was the quilt shop I was working at for a little bit and I was teaching the long arming classes because I know how and um yeah and yeah it was just funny how scared people were of the machines and it's like I get it because it's like this giant machine but I'm like it doesn't have a mind of its own like you are in control of it and so I was just funny like how much of how I was talking to them is like how I would talk to my third graders and not like in a belittling way but just like the encouragement and the and the like talking them through like that fear of trying something new and just like hoping that hoping hoping to share that joy of it with someone else like it's so fun you're gonna love it and they're like I don't know I'm like yeah you will and then to see them coming back after the class and be like I'm here I'm here I brought a quilt and just being so excited and like that is so fun <laughs> that part is so fun <laughs> yeah oh, yeah you're you're adding like completely new tools to their toolbox yeah helping them create art that's awesome yeah so I mean even if you don't really use it it would I think you would probably enjoy the heck out of a class like just learning how to use one because they're a good time if you think about like you're not moving the fabric you're moving the machine and just kind of like that concept it it really helped me get less afraid of the machine because even though we had one like I wasn't on it as much as my mom and so I would get really stressed out around it before Mm -hmm. because I was when I was teaching I would only help like on my breaks and during the summer and stuff but um now that I'm I've been on it so much I'm like oh okay (laughs) I have to like remember that like teaching them I'm like right I I have to remember I used to be so scared too and like okay what was the thing I was afraid of and how can I like help them see that they've got control over that before they like you know run off and like make a huge mistake that will stress them out and 
anyway, it's, it's a fun process and having that skill to finish your own quilts too is super fun. And, but sending them off, yeah. like I think too, is kind of satisfying because then you're like, I've made this thing. Now you get to put your magic into it and do your thing yeah. and send it back. And oh, wow. Look at this. Yeah. Like, wow. What a beautiful quilt. Who made it? <laughs> I feel like I feel like long armors deserve I try to tag my long armor and all my stuff but I just feel like they don't get enough credit you know for the pieces that they have a part in and even the um I'm not good about this either and I I do think about this that I should be better including like the you know the designer of the pantograph Mm -hmm. sometimes I don't know like it just requires a lot of work to figure out I wish that's like was more available maybe yeah um I don't yeah. know because even that in itself is you know I, and I think that's like such a part of quilting that I love is just these all these different elements and people that had you know it's like the person who designed the fabric and then the per, you know the pattern design and then the quilter and the pantograph design, and it's like yeah yeah <laughs> it's like it's crazy there's so many hands that touch your quilt that don't even know they're touching your quilt you know yeah and yeah I think that's true of like most things it's like well who grew the cotton to the you know mm-hmm, right who manufactured it into the fabric and created the ink that like yeah. who, who created the parts for the machine yeah um, but it is cool when you think of, it just like gives you a sense of gratitude it's like mm-hmm. how cool we all came to like this all culminated in this piece of art yeah yeah it's it's like so fun to be able to just stand back and go, dang, like I made that, but also like, there's so much more to it than just like, oh yeah, I sewed the fabric together, but that's not including, yeah, everything else. And so, yeah, it's I humbling love, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And like, it's so funny because, you know, we, we have an Airbnb out of our part of our house. We rent out a room and Mm-hmm. we've you know named it the cozy quilt house and so of course wow. there's quilts everywhere because why not and um so people ask like oh you make all these quilts and I'm like oh yeah and it's like so funny to like my husband will take over the conversation be like are they beautiful like she makes them all her her mom have this business and like he just like gets like he's like my hype man I'm like what the heck this is so funny like yeah. and he has like an appreciation for it I think before he was just like okay you're making quilts whatever but like having seen it because he's the one who helped us like get the business started and come up with mm-hmm. he and my dad like helped us come up with the plan for it and they've kind of you know taken a step back to let my mom and I do our thing because it's like they're like well you're the you're the experts your guys are doing yeah, like <laughs> you don't need our opinion it's fine um yeah but now that he's seen like all those steps and the pieces that go into it and the time that goes into it, he just has this appreciation that like he never would have had before. And it's just like so funny, like just hearing him talk about it because it feels like an out-of-body experience sometimes. Like, oh yeah, this is a really cool thing I do. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's like, yeah, you sometimes have to stop and appre- you're like, wow, look how, look how far I've gone. Yeah. That's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, it's it's a cool feeling of just like when you can step back and can let yourself be humbled by the whole process and yeah just the gratitude that comes from that I think helps keep me in it more like yeah. so I think if I didn't have that if I was like taking it for granted I'd have a harder time 
showing up for people, you know, and, and oh, showing up for sure. Yeah. That fills your cup. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's fuel. Yeah. For sure. for sure. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Brooke. I've really enjoyed chatting with you and I sound like we have a lot of kind of philosophy ideas and thoughts in common. And I think, I think a Boise or Salt Lake or somewhere in between get together is in order. So yeah, yeah, we'll have to to get together sometime. Yeah. I'm like meeting more and more people who are in Salt Lake. I'm like, what the heck? Like you guys can come to Boise or I'll come to you and we can all hang out. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot here. And I admittedly, I've, um, I guess I'm sort of a recluse. I I'm now starting to take some initiative to get a little bit more in the loop of the local quilting scene here because there are a lot of um even like modern I think quilting has a huge like history here mm-hmm. in Salt Lake or in Utah yeah. in general um but even like modern quilters there's a lot of folks that I think are kind of our, our era if you will yeah. um you know or aesthetic and so yeah trying to make those in-person connections it's it's always nice when you can like take things off of social media and actually yeah. connect in person makes it much more meaningful, I think. So yeah. I'm that. yeah, it's like, I love that I've made all these connections, but now I'm like, okay, I need to meet some of these people in person because it's like, we clearly yeah. have Are a you going to quilt market? Um, no, we're going to go to quilt con though. Okay. So we're, we're getting ready to like get everything purchased and squared away for that but oh that's exciting yeah so I'm hoping to meet some people there and yeah we're we're not doing market this year but we're like I think we've been so focused like we kind of know these things exist but I it was never like in our minds that like we could go to that like Mm -hmm. we could go do that and now we're more thinking about it so it's like I think once we get quilt con under our belts it'll be easier for us to like want to travel more and and you know it is a balance of like okay taking time off from the business and making mm-hmm. sure that we've got things organized and and done around that time so that we're not like putting anybody's project on the back burner kind of thing so yeah. I think logistically it feels kind of scary but we really want to start getting out there more so yeah no this mm-hmm. is my first um I just registered for quilt market this and like this is my first I've never gone to anything really <gasps> yeah so I'm like oh. okay this might be I don't know if this is the right kind of first one to you know but I tend to just jump into the deep end all the time that's just my style yeah so, this no. jives totally jives yeah I've heard super good things about quilt market so I'm sure it'll be a blast I just yeah it just wasn't on our plans this year but uh, I'm excited to hear how it goes because I know like we have a a client of ours that's going like mm-hmm. she's like I'm going and we're like okay well tell us how it is because <laughs> yeah well I would also love to go to quilt con and I've like n- never submitted a quilt I think I've always been too back to my confidence thing I'm like yeah they won't like my quilt <laughs> um, yeah, and it's crazy yeah, it's it's like, on my list. yeah you should just throw one in there see what they say because yeah. I mean I'm saying that and I'm like I would never but um I'm also not a pattern designer and I think I don't know. I'm just not in that headspace right now, but it's crazy. Cause it's like, sometimes you see people's rejects and I'm like, what the heck? Like, why? I know. I know. I think there's probably just too many great quilts. They just probably. cannot 
but they have to be so nitpicky to like try to and like I don't know if they have like themes that they're trying to align with too you know it could be like oh well we've got too many we're oversubscribed in the curves you know section like yeah Yeah. it's some of them are just absolutely Mm mind-blowing yeah I'm like really looking forward to seeing the quilts and taking some classes and just meeting like meeting people in person I'm so excited because I know like there's at least a handful of people that I've interviewed that are like, yeah, I'm going. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I get to actually meet you in person. And yeah, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, but it's like, it's fun that I'm like finding more people in the Salt Lake area because it is such a quick jaunt, like, I mean, five hours, but it goes by fast and it's a good weekend kind of thing. So it's like, I'm like, okay, if you're in Boise, tell me because I'll take you to all the local quilt shops so we can go have fun. And I definitely will. Yeah. yeah I'll fun. Cool. Well, thanks well, again. Thank you so much. Yeah. Awesome. We'll, um, we'll talk again soon. All right. Look forward to it. Yay. <laughs>